Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and learn a little bit more about how they came to be. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you for joining me today. Let's hop to it. So I'm a runner. This means I've had to learn the subtle art of the spit. As a runner, one does not have time to pause and leisurely gather the saliva in one's mouth to send the projectile away with great force at one's pleasure. Because if you do that, and if you stop long enough from running, uh, you'll start to realize one of two things. One, man, your legs really hurt. Two, you can't feel your legs anymore, actually, and you might have to check and see if they're still there. And they will be. And then you'll start to think about how much further you have to go and refer back to number one, where, man, your legs still really hurt. So mastering the spit as you run technique was something of an uphill battle for me. Um, I had my mishaps. <laughs> I learned that it is very important not to spit directly in front of you while running, or you will just end up running into it, or it will swing back and hit you on your jacket or your shoes, or if you're very unlucky, your face. There is no dignity in running with spit on your face. Sweat? Yes. But spit? Not so much. So I decided that it was now time to research the wonderful properties of saliva. And let me just tell you, as I started researching spit, which actually just came to mind as a topic for this podcast because I recently cut my finger on ice while I was scraping my car and I was in a hurry so I couldn't grab like a band-aid. And I knew that spit helps with pain. I'd heard that somewhere. So I kind of just had to suck on it until it stopped hurting, which was, you know, super great. <laughs> but in researching this topic, I have gone down the rabbit hole and there was so much more here than expected. So here we go. While researching this topic, I was delighted to find an article on JSTOR, excellent source for research papers, that there was a paper entitled A Collection of Saliva Superstitions. First off, props on that name. That's amazing. Second, wow, just wow. There is a scholar out there somewhere who has put in the time and work to talk about this subject. I'm so excited. So, what is saliva? What is spit? Well, turns out that the answer is mostly water. Like 99% is water. And the rest, the last 1% is actually made up of sodium, calcium, magnesium, potassium, proteins, enzymes, mucins, and hemoglobulins, as reported by a paper in the New Zealand Dental Journal. I don't think I said all those right. If you know how to say it, please feel free to let me know. Each of these has a special job. For example, the enzymes help your body begin its digestive process. It begins to break down the foods in your mouth. The proteins then get rid of the bacteria that try to enter your body. And they also coat your teeth with a protective layer. I'm still kind of referencing the paper here. Saliva is also very useful for clearing your mouth of bacteria and protecting your teeth, just generally speaking. It helps remove food from your teeth, fights plaque and cavities, and can even prevent tooth decay. Apparently, this is why some dentists will sometimes recommend chewing sugar-free gum, because it gets that saliva going and can help protect your mouth. Mucin helps you digest your food and even helps you swallow it. Again, same paper here, giving us all sorts of knowledge. Imagine trying to swallow dry food, like really really dry toast without any saliva. That would be extremely painful and difficult and like almost impossible. It's hard enough with saliva helping you along and a glass of water to swallow that toast, but just imagine it without all that. And not only that, but saliva actually makes it possible for you to even taste your food by carrying it to your taste receptors. 
So to sum it up, saliva plays an important role in the oral health of your mouth, or basically just how healthy your mouth is. It cleanses the mouth of bacteria regularly, rinses food from your teeth, helps with the digestive process, coats the teeth to protect the enamel, and can even help protect them against acidic foods and drinks. Saliva is generated by salivary glands. While there are hundreds of minor ones, there are six major ones, most of which sit inside your cheeks and at the bottom of your mouth, kind of by the jawbone teeth area. Now, there have been loads of studies about saliva generally, and some of them have found that saliva contains components for a very potent natural painkiller. It's six times more powerful than morphine when it was tested on rats. It's called opiofrin. Opiofrin is a natural compound found in saliva. It keeps the body's natural painkillers from breaking up too quickly, thereby prolonging the duration of encephalins. Encephalins typically break down and allow pain signals to reach the brain, but opiofrin prevents the breakdown of the encephalins, or at least slows it down, according to a paper by Catherine Rougeau of the Pasteur Institute in Paris, France. Pretty cool! This could have contributed to the idea of kissing it better. You know, when you were a kid and you got like an owie and you ran to a parent to kiss it better. In Germany, I know that it was more common to blow on a wound or on something that hurt, so I don't know if there's spit flying that helped with that as well, but like either way, it's pretty cool. This might have also contributed to the phrase, lick your wounds. In a 2015 study in the academic journal called Blood, a study found that saliva contains many white blood cells that fight off infections. In fact, neutrophils, which are a specific type of white blood cells, are most effective at killing off infections when they come from saliva, as opposed to any other part of your body. Your saliva also carries loads of information about you, your DNA for one. It can also help you boost your immune system. One study found that a 10-second kiss transfers about 80 million bacteria. That helps boost your immune system. It also helps to determine whether or not your kissing partner and you have compatible bacteria. So yeah, that's a whole new way to think about kissing, right? A little less romantic, but I mean, still cool. Boost your immune system. Although it's currently considered rude to spit, especially in public, in many Western cultures, uh, this was not always the case, and in other places around the world, it's considered more acceptable. The West changed their attitudes towards spitting around the Middle Ages. Back then, it was kind of just part of every day, and in fact, avoiding spitting was actually considered rude. In the 1700s, it began to be seen as something one should avoid doing, and by 1859, it was considered outright bad manners. Enter spittoons, which were used as an acceptable means of spitting until the influenza of 1918, and then spittoons also began to disappear. In fact, a group of women in the United States campaigned to ban spitting in public in New York City in the late 1890s and early 1900s. This was an effort to protect public health and safety, particularly as tuberculosis was becoming a very big concern. Now, saliva has been linked with loads of traditions and superstitions around the world for hundreds of years, and a lot of them are very similar, actually. But here's an interesting one. If your mouth ran dry, it could be seen as an admission of guilt. This was the case in ancient India. People who were accused of lying about something were asked to chew grains of rice. If they were lying, they wouldn't have enough saliva to comfortably eat and swallow the rice. And as it would get stuck in a dry throat or mouth, that would then indicate that your mouth had run dry and you were lying about something. 
You see, when you are in a dangerous situation and your flight or fight response is triggered, all of your body processes focus on the things that will keep you alive, like giving your lungs more oxygen or your heart pumping faster, those sorts of things. Turns out that your digestive system did not make the cut when it comes to keeping you alive in dangerous situations. Thus, your mouth can sometimes go dry because you're not producing as much saliva because all your energies are focused on keeping you alive. Ergo, if you feel threatened, your mouth could go dry. Basically, people saw it as your body saying, hey, I'm guilty. In other traditions around the world, spitting was used to ward off evil. For one example, there's a superstition in about South America, is where I read, uh, that considers it unlucky to sweep over someone's feet. If someone sweeps over your feet, you will be single for the rest of your life. But it has an easy cure. You just spit on the broom. (laughs) And that takes care of it. Another example... One Greek superstition includes spitting three times. Some say that this represents the Holy Trinity. Some say, I don't know, three is a magical number, right? Because it was the first odd number. Odd numbers were considered unlucky, but it was the first odd number after the number one. And so it was considered to have some kind of magical properties. However, these days, most people don't actually spit. They kind of just say three times rather than, you know, actually spitting. This is said to protect from the evil eye. In India, a similar superstition exists where mothers, aunties, or older women will lightly spit on their children to protect them from the evil eye. The belief is that loads of compliments or admiration from others can attract the evil eye, and so lightly spitting on them is meant to ward that off. The idea is too many compliments, too much adoration, it's bound to attract bad luck. Now, however, because of the spread of disease, there are now other ways to ward off evil, which includes using a black mark instead. A similar tradition used to be practiced in Eastern Europe as well, although not so much anymore. Spitting has also been used for good luck. For example, spitting on boxing gloves before a match, spitting into your hand before a handshake to seal a deal. We don't really do this anymore at the moment because pandemic. Uh, It was also believed that not only would spitting ward off evil or bring good luck, but it could also protect you from witches. Spitting on crops or money you've just received or shoes before you go on a journey All of this was meant to bring good luck or good fortune. Sailors would even spit with the wind in order to have good luck for a safe journey. I imagine spitting against the wind just made the spit come back at your face, which would be considered unlucky. Around the world, spitting in someone's face is considered incredibly rude and disrespectful. That is not acceptable anywhere, whether it's someone else or the wind blowing back your own spit. It's just not okay. It's also been suggested that the tie between spit and good luck may come from tales in the Bible of Jesus healing a blind man with his saliva, although the tradition also existed before this occurrence. Saliva has now gone so far as to enter some everyday phrases. One such in English is the phrase spitting image. An example would be, that boy is the spitting image of his father. It means he looks just like him. But how on earth did we get from saliva to looking like someone else? Well, there are a number of theories. Before we got to spitting image, we first had spitten image. Initially, the phrase is thought to have come from the idea that a child looked just like their parent, so much so that the parent may have just spat them out of their mouth. They looked that much alike. This type of phrase has been around since the 16th century. Others think that this phrase may have derived from a slight variation, that of calling someone a splitten image, as though the person had been split in two. Another fun phrase, or rather reaction, is the spit take. Very popular in comedic routines. The spit take is thought to have been made famous with Danny Thomas from Vaudeville Days. Some people even call it the Danny Thomas spit take. 
The word take can also be defined as a reaction or visible response to some kind of situation, surprise, etc. And so a spit take is when something is so shocking you literally spit, and vaudeville loved it. While I'm not sure if there are spit take competitions, although that would be very amusing, there are competitions for the longest spit of a cherry stone or a cherry pit. The current world record is held by Brian, quote, young gun, quote, Kraus from the U.S. The competition was held in Michigan and the record was set in 2004. His record is for 28.51 meters or 93 feet, six and a half inches. He also spat in the freestyle competition. I'll be honest, I don't know what the difference is between like freestyle and not freestyle when it comes to spitting cherry pits, but we'll go forward anyways. In that competition, he spat 33.52 meters or 110 feet and 4 inches. And I take it he wasn't standing on top of a building spitting down for that, so uh, that's amazing. I don't know how one does that. Now, you may not need to spit a cherry about 110 feet, but hopefully now you know a few fun facts about saliva. Not only does it keep us healthy and help us fight infection and bacteria, but it can also help deal with some pain. Not bad for the innocuous little liquid. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful day.